for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right. And shining in my mind You got me loving Hating crazy indecision In my mind Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blasey. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and this is episode number 92. And today on the podcast, I have fellow Michigander Nick Kohelion as we talk about how he tagged out on two great Michigan bucks this year in October and November. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. All right, today we have another Michigander on the podcast. It's his first trip to the podcast here, Mr. Nick Kohili. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. How you doing today? What's uh, what's oh. going on in your neck of the woods? Oh, just got done holding on the truck up, getting ready to hit the road again tomorrow. Head out west and see if we can't fill some of those late season tags. There you go. Where where are you heading? What state? Uh, Missouri. Missouri. So. You've been you've been grinding it out there this year. Have you had any luck? I made a few trips out. Um, had some good encounters, but just haven't been able to seal the deal on one yet. So. Just playing the test match, basically. There you go. Well, you know, it's it's probably pretty easy right now. You got two bucks down that I know of, right? Two bucks in Michigan mm-hmm. this year, and that's that's why I brought you on here. And I wanted to talk about yep. these two Michigan bucks, that uh, good Michigan deer that you had. The fortunate uh, time to go out and kill these deer, and that's that's really cool. And, you know, I don't know anything about these stories. You know, you and I really have not talked anything about this, and that's why I want to get you on here today, and, and I want it to be raw and and get right after i got a series of questions and and i'm uh i'm excited and ready to get this thing going man yeah definitely well first of all tell us everybody who doesn't know you who you are where you're from and you know how old you are and what you do for a living uh 
Well, obviously, my name's Nick Kohili. Uh, I've been born and raised here in uh, South Central Michigan. Uh, 29 years old, and then uh, I'm a CNC programmer for a company called InsulGuard. So we do a bunch of bullet and uh, blast proof uh, proofing on the windows and uh, door framing. So awesome, man! So you're you're born in South, or what do you say, the South Central Michigan? So you're down. Yeah. Are you down? Uh, you're more on the east side, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say the eastern third, kind of right there in the central, the third. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, you're a little ways away from me, a couple hours, but uh, your hunting down there is a little better than ours, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, No, we're pretty fortunate around here for some reason. It just seems to be you know, a pretty good area, and then you go straight south and it just gets even better, it seems like. Yep, for sure, and that's that's the thing. Like, you know, in my opinion, Washtenaw County, Hillsdale County, Jackson, Van Buren, you know those those southern counties are. I mean, they produce some giants every year, and it's slowly moving up here and up north. You know, I'm I'm around Macosta County, Isabella County, and there's some big deer being taken over here, and and I mean all over Michigan really. It's just you got to find them. They're few far in between, and uh, it, you seem like you see them every year. You know, you, you'll see a guy pull a, a 180, 190, and even 200s out of Michigan. So it's pretty cool, and it's it's good to see it coming around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're just they're few and far between, but they're there. They're around for sure. Well, cool. Let's get into this, man. So, first of all, I want to know kind of what your criteria is here in Michigan. You know, you grew up hunting Michigan just like I did. You know, was it a stage? You know, a stepping stone thing for you? You know, when you were younger, was it like just trying to kill? You know, like a basket rack eight, and then once you did that, is it like? You know, I'm going for like a two year old or a three year old. You know, was it more happening steps for you, or was it? You know, how did you get brought up when you were little? Um, so, yeah, pretty much def- definitely a stepping stone process. I mean, my first buck was basically a spike and a half. You know, he broke off half of the one side. But, <laughs> you know, and then it just, you know, kind of progressed from there. And then, you know, then I'd be like, okay, I killed one one buck. The second one's got to be bigger than him. And then, oh, I want to kill an eight point. And then, you know, just slowly progressed until, you know, finally you hit that one. You get that one deer and you're like, okay, now, I'm, you know, trying to stick around for them for the better ones. For sure. You know, and I remember I've said it before, you know, you're 29, I'm, I'm three years older than you. So we relatively grew up in the same time frame there. And, and, you know, when I was, when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, 16 in high school and stuff like that, I remember when it was like, I just want to see like a hundred inch deer. Like that was like the unicorn, you know, I never really did any out of state <laughs> hunting at that time. And I just wanted to see it. And then 2008, I killed one that was 100 inches in 2009. I killed one that was 105 inches, and they were both two and a half year old deer. And I'm like, wow, I am doing something. You know, this is <laughs> I, I'm excited here. You know, and it was a stepping stone for me as well. And that's the cool part about it. You know, I really I, I said it to my wife the other day, and I said I I really hate to get people into hunting at this time right now. Just the state of the hunting is in right now, and it seems like you're only accepted if you kill big animals. And, yeah. I, and that's like the standard, you know, and we're trying to get these new hunters in here and, you know, cause we're losing a lot of hunters and I, it's a tough time to get into the game because, you know, back when you and I were growing up there, were, I never had a trail cam. I didn't have any of that. It was just go out, sit in one tree and hunt and have fun. So it's pretty just, much burn it. Yeah. Go, go out there and burn it out. <laughs> yep. And it's just getting complicated. I think now for a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of new hunters, but it's it's still fun, you know, and it, it, people are coming around and and but uh, I like that stepping stone game. So, 
I'm going to stop blabbering on. I want to get to the next question here. So, so you, you know, you're, you said you like you, you do the stepping stone thing and you know, we, we covered that. So now coming into this year, let's, let's take it back to, you know, maybe the start of the summer. Now, when are you getting trail cams out? Are you keeping them out all year or is it something you're getting them out around July, July 4th timeframe or somewhere in there to see what, uh, see what you got on the farm? Uh, typically, you know, I wait till about that July, the July time frame. Once they start, you know, filling out a little bit better, you can really see what they're going to be. Um, you know, I'll do all my preseason work before then if I can, you know, but, um, you know, this year it was just a little bit different for me being going from one farm to the, to another. Um, you know, I actually went back to the farm that I used to hunt a few years ago. So I really had a late start this year. I mean, come in this season, I was pretty much blindfolded you know other than what the farmer would tell me he's seen around the house and that's about it i got you so you're hunting a permission farm or is it a lease or, or is it a uh, private farm lease lease farm okay gotcha so how many acres is your is, is the lease uh 600 600 acres so is there a lot yeah. of is it you know you said a farmer owns it so is there a lot of ag a little timber is it a lot of timber uh so basically 600 acres you know uh mile by mile block is basically the best way to describe it and then um there's five different woodlots across it two biggest ones are 25 acre woodlots and then other ones are you know they probably make up 50 acres between the other three so they're smaller ones okay and i i like those little pockets of woods too i mean i've got a farm here in michigan that's like little pockets and you know you catch a buck that's cruising and that's what they like to do is they cruise those woodlots and they cruise those wooded fence rows if you have any of those and and uh, you can get really lucky with some good deer on those. Yeah, yeah, that's what, kind of how it is out there. I mean, you pretty much during the rut, you can catch them going from wood lot to wood lot to wood lot type of deal. Yep. So what was the crop rotation this year on this farm? Um, so I would say primarily a lot of it was beans and then winter wheat. So, you know, winter wheat come, or when it was winter wheat, you know, it got picked in July and then they till it under come you know, it's all tilled underground by the time season rolls around. So you really can't bank on it too much, but, um, had a little bit of standing corn, but just a couple fields of it to, you know, not, not a whole lot to be honest with you. Gotcha. So, you know, coming into this year, you said you had a late start on this farm. So were you getting cameras out and still trying to figure out what deer are there? Or was it just one of those things like I'm going in blind, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> Um, so thankfully I got a real good relationship with the farmer. And I mean, if he sees a good deer, he'll tell me. And that's kind of what drew me back this year is just cause one he was seeing around there and, you know, and so then I went out and put out a couple cameras. I really don't run a whole lot here in Michigan anymore, to be honest with you, but, um, put a couple of them out, see if I could get a picture of that deer and, uh, never did to be honest with you, but I was able to get some intel on uh, some of the other deer around that were around. All right. So, so so you put you know put a few cameras out now what's your criteria are you are you looking for an age structure are you looking for antler size what is it here in michigan that you're really should strive for really in michigan you know three and a half and older that's kind of what i bank on as long as they're three and a half i'm good with them um obviously yeah everyone wants a giant rack but you know i just go for you know how it is in michigan you get that you don't get those opportunities very often i had a mature deer you know so I take them when I can get them, no matter what. Yep, and th- and that's the same way I am too. You know, the three and a half year old deer here in Michigan, I I don't have a ton of them, but I got enough of them of that it just kind of keeps you coming back for more. And I don't have enough to where it's like, okay, I can let these ones pass, and I know 
that next year they're I'm gonna see him as a four year old. I'm just not there yet, so I totally get what you're saying. Um, yeah. You know, you know, talking about your setups, I want to get into your setups a little bit here. Are you more of a running gun type guy? You know, hang the stand and hunt, or are you, you know, set up your farm before season and then you know during season, you know, shift accordingly? Yeah, I, um, I like to have everything pretty well set if I can. Excuse me. But, um, you know, like I said, mentioned before is that I had this farm for a few years before. So I was able to pretty much get a good idea on where those stands needed to be. And literally out of 600 acres, I had, what, four, five stands on it, and that's it. So, I mean, I pretty much had those spots pinpointed already to know where to hang them and just know that those spots were good, be good ones, and put your time in, and eventually you'll catch up with one, hopefully. Yep. So with these four sets, were they field edges? Were they funnels, pinches? You know, where where did you have these set up? Um, so one of them was pretty much just on a fence line out the middle of the fields. Um, so there's the two twenty-five acre wood lots. There's a fence line um, um, that runs between the two of them, and um, so I just pretty much went right on that fence line, and uh, they split the field in half. So half of it was tilled up winter wheat, and then the other half was standing corn. So I pretty much got right there on the, um, that one was right on the edge of standing corn, trying to catch them going from woodlot to woodlot, working down that fence line, hoping, you know, that they'd feel safe with a little bit of cover with that fence line. Um, other ones are going to be more so just inside the woods. I really don't like to push in them too much because that farm actually, the timber is pretty open. I mean, some of the spots you can see hard yards, no problem in it, so... I don't really like to push in there too far just because I know the fact of you start doing that as visible as it is, you just get start bumping deer out. So I like to stay on the edges as best as I can. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel with that because I got the same scenario here as well. Now, with those stands that you're just putting in just side the timber, are you going, are you typically doing 20 yards, 30 yards, or less, like 10 yards? You know, what's your, what's your structure there? It really kind of depends. I mean, I got one that's 30 yards in and then the other, you know, a couple that are just right on the edge. Really just kind of depends on the access to them, to be honest with you. I mean, my my best stand, the one that actually killed my second buck out of, I I can come in or walk in through a creek, you know, creek ditch and climb right up in the stand. So I can get into into the timber just a little bit more with that one. But, I mean, it really just depends on the access for it. I got you. So is your access mainly through wide open fields on this farm? Yeah, other than the one stand where I can go through the creek. <laughs> yep. So are so. you hunting these in the mornings at all, like coming in under the cover of darkness? Now, I know a lot of guys frown upon that because, you know, deer feed out at night in the fields and you don't want to push the deer out. Or are you just mainly sticking to the evening hunts? Um, evening hunts probably up until about October 25th. And then if I feel conditions are right, I'll go, I'll go in in the morning. Um, but for the most part, really, I just kind of stick to the evenings to be honest with you. Okay. So, so we're coming into October here. You got your stand set and you have some cameras out. Have you checked those cameras? Let's say it's October 1st right now. Have you checked them yet? No. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I usually, um, I'll go on like a two week um basically two week you know every two weeks i'll check the camera and um the way i try to you know i don't really put the cameras in the best spots but i make them to where i can pretty much either drive the truck right up to them or it's you know a spot where i'm get where i can walk right by going in and out of a stand 
Yep. I mean, I just, I don't want to put any more pressure than I have to or move, you know, anyone walking around and risk bumping any deer. So I just tread real, real lightly when I can. Right. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying there as well. That's the same way, way I am here in my, my one acre farm is I don't put really the cameras during the summer anyway. I don't put them in any of the, you know, the timber usually or around it. I get, you know, cameras way out in the middle of nowhere that I can just see what's on the farm and I can get to it quick and get out of there quick and not screw anything up. I don't care if the pictures are after dark. I just want to know what's there. That's, that's the approach I take. Well, cool. So we got that solidified. So now we're in October. Are you going in first thing October? Are you hunting? I mean, do you have a target buck that you're looking for? You know, what's the scenario set up the October forest to get, uh, get through here. So going into October, I mean, like I said, the farmer called me and told me, you know, he was comparing this deer to the one I chased back, you know, a few years ago that the neighbor actually ended up killing him and he was a 180 inch deer. So he was comparing, he was comparing them to him so that that obviously had my attention. And I was like, you know, just, I never got a picture of that deer, but the farmer saw him, a couple other people have seen him. So I knew he was in the area, but, you know, so that was my hope is, you know, to at least be able to get a picture or lay eyes on that deer or whatever I could, but I knew of a couple of other good ones um, coming into the season also, too. And, you know, like I said before, you know, the first mature deer that I get an opportunity at, I'm going to take it. So really it was just kind of, you know, I go in there late and kind of work my way in. I mean, early October, um, unless there's a cold front or something like that, I usually stay out of there. So I just kind of timing is really what it boils down to. I got you. So you're just waiting for the right time you know, time frame, whether it's a cold front or conditions are right, which I totally get that as well. Cause you know, with the smaller woodlots, in my opinion, you get in there and if you blow them out early, they're done. And mm-hmm. I got to stand that I won't even touch until the rut, if I can hunt here in the rut. So, and you might only hunt it once or twice and that, that might mm-hmm. be all you get, but uh, I totally get that. So when was the actual, the first sit on this farm this year? What day was it? Oh, I want to say it was the first, or it wasn't the first week. Okay, so it would have been the first week because October 6th I had an encounter with a good one. Um, so, yeah, it would have been somewhere in that first time frame. I don't know what they exactly, but just okay. kind of one of my one of my more my less intrusive stands I went into. And then October 6th we had a cold front come in, and uh, I slipped up through the creek into one of the stands there, but. So yeah. you had an encounter with a good one there. Walk us through <laughs> that. What uh, what happened there? So, yeah, because I went out that for, oh, so it was October 5th, actually, is what it was. I went out the evening before, um, and I had a smaller buck bumping some does around. And he was grunting the whole time, you know, just kind of figure, oh, you know, he's a younger deer, no big deal. So I go to the other side of the, you know, go to my other spot the next day when the temperatures cooled down, slipped up in there. And um, there's actually, I call it the fingers, what I do, what I call it. It's, um, uh, the field kind of wraps around in the woods a little bit. It's like a 30-yard 30, 30 strip, and then um, kind of runs right along the creek. So a lot of, a lot of times these deer will kind of work right out through that little strip of, of the um, of the ag and then, you know, filter out into the big fields. So um, went in there, didn't even get my camera gear set up or anything like that, and uh, looked over, and there was a pretty good two-year-old um he all of a sudden he just started bumping some does around and i was like you know, again first week of october thinking okay this is kind of weird type of thing yep um and then, you know they ran he ran them back into the timber and 
Uh, it was probably, you know, 45 minutes before dark. I'll sound look over and see some does and, you know, the four or five does kind of come filtering by me. And I can hear, can hear a deer grunting behind them again. So I'm like, oh, you know, probably just the same deer, no big deal. Oh, you know, the way they were coming, I couldn't really see them until they got, until they got to about 30 yards. And, um, you know, he come out and I pulled the binos up and just, you know, to make sure it was same deer and whatnot. And, uh, it wasn't, it was a, <laughs> it was a pretty good one. And, <laughs> He come in and, um, you know, I took a shot at him and I hit a branch and just didn't, didn't get an ethical shot. We spent the whole next day with the with tracking dog. We had a guy going around in a helicopter trying to, you know, scan in the corn and we tried to waste every bit of effort trying to find that deer and just, you know, I, I, the shot was on film, but it was just where, I guess where the arrow deflected after it hit that branch. It was just, we couldn't figure out where I hit that deer to save our life and, Really wasn't a whole lot of blood, you know, or anything like that. So it was unfortunate, bad start to the season, but you know, I counted it as a, you know, a good encounter at least. Yep. So I mean, unfortunate events, of course. I mean, yeah. if you haven't hit a twig or missed a deer in your life, then you probably haven't been hunting long enough, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so, what I keep telling myself, at least. <laughs> exactly. So now this deer, describe him a little bit. Was it a deer that you had on camera, or was it that one that the farmer was talking about? Actually, he was a brand new deer, so he wasn't as big as the one as the farmer was describing, so I don't believe it was that one. I never had a picture of him. I had one that was similar to him, but after looking at the footage, it wasn't. He was, um, but he was like a, he was a mainframe 10, kickers off of both G2s and split brows. So oh, wow. he was, I bet you he would have been pushing in the 140 range probably. I mean, just beautiful Michigan deer. Yeah, great deer for sure. So now after this happened, you're obviously probably bumming a little bit, but then, I mean, you haven't even hit the best part of the fall yet. So what, what's no. your thoughts right now? Uh, basically just kind of, you know, laid back for a little bit. Cause you know, after trying to look for that deer, I pretty well felt like I blew out that area pretty good. So I just kind of sat back a little bit, um, waited, I think it was about two weeks before I even went back out again. Um, and then, so yeah, we've been, yeah, two weeks. I went, then I went back out, started hunting again, and you know, obviously playing the uh, the cooler temperatures the best I could, which this October was was amazing for that. We had great. a ton of cold fronts. Yeah. So it was the best yeah, October we, I remember in a while, like the coldest anyway. Yeah, yeah. There was there was a lot of good deer getting killed because of that, and there's you know it, it helped the deer movement quite a bit for us. For sure. So you waited two weeks. You thought you blew out the whole farm. So what? Uh, what day did you go in after that? Then for the oh, probably would have been somewhere close to the twentieth. I know I did a. I squeezed in a couple sits, um, and then so I, that was in the in the finger, and um, so which is basically one of those twenty five acre woodlots. Yep. Um, so I made it out a couple more times. You know, things were a little bit slower. Still not seeing what I wanted. And then I guess it was October 20th. Um, I just went out. I really wanted to go to observation because I, you know, I stayed out that I stayed out of that wood lot, and I wanted to go to basically a spot that was on that fence line where I can see that wood lot and just kind of see what the deer were doing. Just kind of observe. Is really all my main my main goal was for that night is just kind of observe that wood lot, see how those deer were reacting, if they were kind of calm back down, if there was deer even in there anymore, type yep. of deal. And, um, so before you get too far, what, what was the camera showing right now? Like what were, were the cameras showing any buck movement, any, any better bucks moving in? Cause the does are probably starting to feel, you know, they're starting to get 
to that spot where it's going to be the bucks, the, you know, the more mature bucks are probably going to be up in daylight and pushing around trying to find that first hot doe. So what were the cameras showing? Um, so I had, uh, had a, one, one set of picture. It would have been, I think it was the 12th or the 15th, somewhere around there, where my second buck that I ended up shooting for the season showed up um, in daylight in the, mor- in the morning, one morning. So he showed up, and then pretty much after, you know, other than that, it was really just kind of had some real good two and a half year old ten, a couple, you know, two and a half year old ten points. Those were pretty, pretty frequent. And then um, actually, it was on October fifth, um, my first buck. He showed up on camera again, you know, and I didn't have any pictures of him since the summertime, so it was nice, you know, for him to end up showing back in there. Yep. So the bucks are starting to show back up. So you got to be thinking, you know, I'm I'm gonna hit this just right, and you're getting excited because sweet November's coming around. So you go oh, yeah. you go in the twentieth. I think you said the twentieth, correct? Yes. So you go in the twentieth. Is it an AM or PM hunt? Uh, PM. So you go in the PM and then walk us through that set. Um, uh, so pretty much got out of work. I get out of work at like three thirty, so I'm able, you know, still sun was up late enough that then where I was able to get out for a couple hours after work type of deal. And um, so I go out there and I walk right along the edge of the standing corn, basically across, across the middle of a, you know, a couple hundred acre field. Walk all the way back to the fence line, and get back there and, you know, get set up. And right off the bat, I have a couple, a couple of those come out of the car, come filtering out the corn. So, you know, right up, and then I was, you know, off to a good start. Good Michigan hunt. Is that what I, the way I figure is if I see deer, I'm happy. Yep. Um, so, you know, I started to get to, you know, saw a few deer throughout the night and whatnot then started getting about an hour 45 minutes before dark and kind of you know with cooler temperatures and getting to that time frame i, I figured kind of what the heck I'll, I'll hit the ground call soft a couple times just to see you know see if i can't pull something out of that standing corn so um did that and kind of looked down the, down the tree line a little bit and I catch a little spike and um you know he's there and then i can hear another deer i just you know i couldn't see him at the time and Sure enough, he comes poking out, poking out at a fence line, and uh, 25 yards comes right in, 25 yards, pinwheel, and then that's pretty much, pretty much it for that hunt. <laughs> so, know, just, I'm, I'm, okay, hang on, just a second. <laughs> so you blind called on October 20th in Michigan, yep. and this buck comes into our grunter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. It's, it was pretty much one of those hunts where it's like you could have done everything wrong and somehow something right went happened. So you know, it's, so I think I know what type of guy you are now. I, I can <laughs> definitely tell. It's the twentieth of October, and you've already had two opportunities at two good bucks. You're just one of the luckiest guys out there. I feel like, aren't you? You <laughs> probably got a horseshoe, like don't you? <laughs> That's what it seemed like October through November. You know, leading into November, it's like holy cow! I was just having a dream season. It's like, like this doesn't happen in Michigan. Let you know, let alone, let alone you get one opportunity in Michigan, and then you have two by the twentieth. I was like, yep. I was having so much fun in in October, you know. So so this deer comes out and you you shoot him, you know, good shot and everything. You know, you recover him. So explain that deer a little bit. What was he? What, what did he meet your criteria? So he, I got pictures of him during the summertime. So at first, I thought he was actually the second buck I ended up shooting. So originally, you know, I called him the bladed bladed G two eight points. What I did, and um, originally I thought it was him. So, but then once I got down and I realized it wasn't, 
was you know a little bit bumming at first, but then I kind of got looking at him and I was like, man, I actually know this dude. And he was one that I had pictures of. I remember right first set of pictures I've had him had him in in the summertime. I was like, for my initial thought was, man, he's got a tank of a body, but he just didn't quite have the you know for that area quite the rack to match the body. Yep. You know, so that was my first initial thought with him, but you know. At the same point, you know, I was like, man, he, he's an older deer. And actually, he ended up dressing out at 200 pounds. So I, for Michigan, I feel like that's a pr- pretty dang good deer, yeah, to be honest. Sure. So, so do you think but, he was a yeah. three- or a four-year-old, do you think, or a two-year-old? Um, a three-year-old is what I was thinking he was at. Gotcha. But, I mean, nonetheless, you know, I was being a three-year-old, like I said, that's all I shoot for really in Michigan. I was, you know, happy as could be with it, especially how the season was going so far. Well, good deal. So you got one buck down now. So what is your game plan going forward for, you know, the remainder of the Michigan season? Now, is your is your standards changing at all? You know, are you like, I'm going to shoot something bigger or nothing else at all? Um, No, not really. I mean, it pretty much stuck to, you know, I stick to the, you know, three and a half and, yep. and older. Um, So, you know, it's whatever comes in first really is what we're I'm gonna shoot him. I'm gonna shoot him if I can. But um, the one thing I do run into out at that farm is so those deer are there pretty much all the way leading up into the first week of gun season. And then once once the pressure from gun season comes in, and actually then when we start getting some colder temperatures so with the snow and everything like that, those deer will filter out there, and you won't you won't see a single deer on that farm. Yep. So I know it, with going into the season, I have that in the back of my head that the pressure is really on during bow season for me to be able to get it done there you know knowing that i don't i won't have an opportunity come late season or anything like that um and then also too i was getting ready i was gonna head to missouri so i took i had work off from october 30th till november 11th and um i was wanting to get out to missouri for a good portion of that so my goal was okay well i'm leaving on sunday which would have been november 2nd I was like, okay, I got a couple days here still to try and get a done and tag out in Michigan. Not knowing that it was actually going to happen, that was my goal, you know. <laughs> All right, so you're leading up to November here. How much How much more did, were you hunting, you know, leading up to November 1st and before you were leaving for Missouri? Oh, well, I left for Missouri. I was leaving for Missouri November 2nd, November, no matter what, is what I decided it's like if I got to hunt that evening and then drive through the night to Missouri, that's what I'm doing. So that was what I decided. And, um, you know, coming in to my, to my vacation, you know, I, I hunt a couple times after, after I killed that deer, but just really didn't, you know, really wasn't confident to be honest yep. with you. I was like, okay, this is Michigan. I already had my chance for Michigan, you know, but knew that there was a potential that it could happen. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'll get a couple of days of hunting before I, you know, of hard hunting before I head to Missouri. Um, so pretty much I was like, I had my vacation started October 30th and it was pouring rain for like that whole day and sleet and snowing. And so I pretty much sat on my butt all day instead of, you know, instead of being out in the woods. Yep. So now what are the cameras showing now, like leading up to November, you know, you're checking the cameras still and, and what do those have on them? Honestly, they were only really showing that those those two natural ten points I had. They, you know, the buck that I the buck that I ended up shooting wasn't showing up. Um, you know, I just had some really good solid two year old deer showing up, and that was it. But you know, you bank on you know it's the rut. Anything can happen. Anything can come cruising through. So that's kind of what I was really hoping for. 
I got you. So you had a couple sets that were unsuccessful. You didn't have a lot of, you know, you didn't have a lot of confidence going into it and no shooters really, really shown up. So what made you go in, you know, we're in, you know, you said it was sleeting and snowing on the 30th and, you know, we got Halloween and you're leaving on the second. So take me through, you know, Halloween first and, you know, 31st and the first, what was your game plan in Michigan, you know, for that before you left? Just hunt, just hunt, you know, hunt as hard as I could. I mean, um, I had, you know, I had that, that spot I call the fingers, actually one of my best stands on the property. And that's a, a buck. The way the stand's set up, if a buck's going to cruise through that wood, odds are that he's going to come within 30 yards of that stand. So I really, you know, if the wind was, wind was going to be right, that's where I was going type thing. Um, so obviously, like I said, 31st, it was snowing and sleeting so i didn't do anything but i did go out there because like i said i'm what i can mention before is that the way i access that stand is through the creek well i went out there to eat that evening on the 31st to check the creek level and realized that it was give you way past you know for me to be able i couldn't even wear waders it was too deep to go through there oh wow so yeah so i was kind of scratching my head at that point too but knowing that i still wanted to be in that, in that stand in the finger on the first, I just kind of, you know, got a game plan together that night and was decided on how I wanted to access it. So, you know, fast forwarding through the night, we got a little bit of snow and rain and kind of, you know, thinking that, okay, well, the leaves in the woods will still, will be wet. So it won't be too noisy going through the woods. But so November 1st, I went in there and I got in there super early. I mean, it took, it's only, probably at the most 200 yard walk and it took me over an hour to get in that stand in the morning just because i was going so slow trying not to bump any deer out of there yep now did you bump any deer out of there when you're going in do you know no not that i not that i know of. so i you know once i got in the stand i was, felt pretty confident at that point i didn't bump any deer and there's you know it was cold it was still cold it's probably i think it was maybe only 30 degrees if that and i was just you know november 1st what can you expect you know <laughs> exactly so now was was your plan to sit all day i was being as cold as it was i was gonna sit as long as i could whether or not i could make it all day that was another question yep, <laughs> you know? i got you so then so, how did the morning end up you know you got in the stand it's breaking day take us through the morning um so right off the bat i had um had a smaller buck come through um filtering back into the woods just kind of running right down the line of where them bucks always cruise and um so that was pretty much that was right at daybreak and then i'd say probably it's probably about an hour after daybreak i look back in the woods and i catch i catch a glimpse of some does pretty much exactly in the same spot where when i had the when i had the first encounter um same exact spot where i saw the does and um pull up the binos looking look, look and there's a good buck you know i see a good buck behind them so thinking okay well he's bumping them does around there's no way he's gonna come in but what the heck do i got lose gave him a couple of grunts and he kind of bumped them around a little bit more still but then you know after a couple of minutes I, I look in look in the only thick spot in the woods and also i see him start coming towards me he just pretty much came in right on a string to 20 yards and i blew that shot <laughs> oh, so wait a second you what you blew it what do you mean <laughs> So, yeah, you know, with filming, you just, you get, you know, your, your mind's going a hundred mile an hour when you're trying to self-film and, you know, 
everything's just coming together and you're just mine's going 100 mile an hour and i just i don't know if i rushed it or what but i just flat out missed them and i'm like you know, you know that feeling when you miss a deer, you just got just sinks. Oh <laughs> man! You, okay, <laughs> you get one chance in Michigan. You've had three now, and it's only November first. Yep. And what yes. the heck? <laughs> I want yeah. your luck, man. <laughs> so, so anyways, yeah, I miss him, and he, you know, just takes like two or three bounds, stops, looks around. I mean, he's still only thirty yards at this point, and he just kind of looks around and. I'm just saying at that point, I'm like froze because I don't really have a lot of cover in this tree. And it's a pretty open tree, but it's just, I knew it's one of those spots where it's got to be. And um, so I'm just froze, not even like, okay, now what do I do? Thinking oh, I need another arrow. And I shoot with my quiver off my bow. So my arrows are hanging on a hook on the tree. I'm just like in panic mode at that point And like thinking, oh, you, you just blew it. You know, you blew your, your opportunity. And um, so he ends up going out. And he, there's a there's a trail that actually goes from my stand up to the big field. And he, for whatever reason, he hit that trail and turned right and come right back by me. I knew where it was going to be already. I ranged it for 35 yards and just as open as it could be, you know, and I, you know, shot him again. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't he? He's just a chip shot. He just walks right <laughs> yeah. by you. I swear, man, you are, I, you need to come hunting with me and you just sit in a tree next to me and just say, hey, you're just my good luck charm. You're like a little gnome. You just, I just need to see bucks. Yeah, was, <laughs> you're killing was, me. Uh, it was, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was this October, but I wouldn't change it for nothing. I wish I could have uh, that luck every year. Heck yeah, <laughs> you know? man. Good for you, though. I mean, that's, you know, I like to give guys crap about that because it's like, you can do no wrong. It doesn't matter. Like you said, you missed, you know, you hit a deer, couldn't find him. You kill one, then you miss one, and then he comes back to you at 20 yards and you <laughs> wide open just saying, here, here I am, and you shoot. I just, I love it, though, man. That's <laughs> Congratulations to you, first of all. Second yeah. of all, in the same breath, I kind of hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, I think that's how everyone feels, right? You know? For sure. <laughs> so... So what were you I thinking? Know. I mean, you 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 had to black out after that miss. I mean, how did you keep your composure when he comes back in? Because then it's like your heart it goes really hard, and then you you miss, and then you're sick to your stomach, and then he starts walking back, and it goes hard again. And like, how are you trying to keep your composure? Uh, I, uh, like you said, I pretty much just kind of blacked out. You know, no, it's I, I think for one thing too that that really like has. So filming for me has really helped, but it also has really hindered things. Cause like I said, um, you know, before is you got a million things going on in your head at once. It's like, okay, I gotta get this gear in frame. I gotta try to zoom in. I gotta try to focus and filming. I film with the DSLR. So you know how it is. You don't got oh, yeah. a remote to sit there and focus. And yep. so it's a little bit more, a little bit trickier. And um, so at the same point, I think after I missed, you know, it was just kind of, I just went back into the camera, you know, cameraman mode at that point, and it just like, okay, let's hurry up, get an arrow, try to get an arrow on him, and you know, get the camera back on him. It's just honestly, it went. I was a lot calmer than than I probably would ever expect it to be. You know, it's just it all kind of helped out for in the end. The end yep. To be honest. Now, at any moment, did you say, "Screw the camera, I'm just gonna kill this deer"? It thought it crossed my mind. <laughs> Did you have Tyler in the back of your head saying, "No, you got to get it on film"? <laughs> no, it's you know, 
I'm a, I always say this. I'm a hunter first. Yeah. You know, it's especially in Michigan because you know we do, we don't really get those opportunities very often. Yeah, you got four this year, so. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's you know, so I, I take the opportunities when when they present themselves. I, mean, yeah. I do absolutely the best I can to get on film and you know and everything that I can, but you know it's just. I'm a hunter first is what it boils down to. And, you know, but, the, but it's just, it was perfect how he ended up, what he ended up doing after that, after that, after I missed him, he just, like I said, you know, come right basically wide open lane again. And it's just like, it, his camera's there. I know that's where he's going. And I don't even know the range and just everything just was clicking for that spot right there and all coming together. So I was able to keep fairly calm with this surprisingly. Yep. I got you. So now, you know, you got this one on the ground. Did you watch him fall or anything like that? Or was, was there no. a track job? No. So I, you know, yeah, I got an arrow in him, but it wasn't, it wasn't a shot that I would have liked, that I liked at all. I mean, it was, it was back and it was low. Um, and the deer actually, he, he bound off. So he bound off about 50 yards and um, they just kind of stopped and, you know, kind of, you know, did the tails or the signs of him being hurt and, twitching the tail and everything like that. And then just, he just kind of walked off. Um, and then it was probably five, 10 minutes, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone calling buddies and like, Hey, you know, and just like, you know how to, after you're so excited after you shoot yep. a deer type thing. But then at the same point, I'm sick to my stomach because I know the shot wasn't the best. Right. You know, it's one of those shots where it's like that deer's going to be dead, but you just got to play your cards right. Yep. So, you know, it was, I let, I let him, you know, I, I gave it about 45 minutes and then <clears throat> climbed down out of the stand. And I was honestly even scared to even go up to look at, to grab my arrow and look at it. Um, just because I didn't want to go in the, cause it was kind of the same direction that he went. So I was kind of scared to do that even, but I did end up slipping up there, grab my arrow and it was, it looked a lot better than I was initially thinking the shot was. Um, but still at that point, I just knew that, the deer's going to be dead. I just need to do the right thing. And so I, I backed out and, you know, I gave him 12 or 10, 10 hours. I gave him 10 hours before I even went back and looked for him. So and, then um, you went back that evening with your buddies and all that stuff, I'm assuming? No, actually, because I, 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 was, I was so paranoid and scared of, you know, that I was like, I just want to go in there. I, I had my dad with me and I had him stay back. And I was just like, I just want to kind of slip up here just in case because I knew he would be you know he's either gonna be dead a or he's gonna be sick and hurt and you know bedded somewhere so I just kind of wanted to slip up there just in case if for whatever reason I would maybe have to try to get another arrow and I'm gonna finish him off you know being that it was only 10 hours but I wanted to go in there during daylight still just to, for that reasoning just in case so but as you know i took up the blood trail and the first 50 yards or so blood was i was like oh this you know he's gonna be dead he should be dead here pretty soon and it just i just lost the blood he just i don't know if he plugged up or what it was i lost blood and um it was just you know at that point i was like oh no you know kind of i had a general idea he was either gonna be you know he's basically could be within 200 yards of the stand otherwise he would have been out in a wide open field and with the creek right there too, you know, there's the water for them, you know, for, for shots like that, you know, they want to go to water. So I knew, had a general idea where he would probably be. And if he wasn't going to be in there, then it was going to be calling in the dog right off the bat. Um, what, what kind of blood were you getting? Like what the blood looked like on the ground? It was really dark. Is what it was. So it was like a liver, liver, liver. gut is basically yeah. what the shot was. Um, 
so yeah, but it just, like I said, after the first 50 yards, it just, you know, it was, it was great that first 50 yards and then just nothing. So, um, at that point, you know, I kind of went back, got my dad, see if he could, you know, kind of find some blood. And I just kind of eased up, you know, where I had a general idea, we we're hoping that he would be. And, um, I went right up to the Creek and he was laying right on the other side of it. So it wasn't even, you know, he wasn't even within a hard yards of the stand, but it's just one of those things where if I want to play my cards right, the odds are that deer would have been a mile away, you know? Right. Well, and you you got to play it like that too. I mean, you, you got to act like that deer only ran off 50 yards, you know, just out of your sight and he's still there. That's and the way, I mean, in, in my opinion, you got to do that because it, it keeps you, you know, accountable. It keeps you like on your toes and, 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 you know, doing things the right way. That's, that's the way I kind of look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, definitely not the shot that any of us want to make. But, again, it kind of boils down to if you, if you haven't hunted long enough, if you haven't made a bad shot on a deer. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it was kind of a, a kicker to me just because it was, that's two incidents in, in one season where, you know, it was, a, it was a bad shot. But, you know, thankfully, the second one was able to be good enough type of deal. Right. So now explain this deer, you know, what, what's, what is he, how, how old is he and, and, and how big is he? So he's, he was a three and a half, I believe. Um, there was actually, like I mentioned before, I thought it was the first one I shot, but you know, it was just real solid, heavy, point, um, bladed G2s on both bladed G2s on him. Um, just mass. I mean, if, I never put, I didn't put a tape on him, but if I had to take a roundabout guess, I'm going to say somewhere in the 120s you know yep but solid deer. just yeah it's i mean it's gonna be, i mean i've killed i've killed been fortunate enough to kill a couple good deer you know some good deer and um you know i've killed a four-year-old and this even this one still has more mass than him and it's just yeah i don't know he's just a solid heavy eight point is what he is he doesn't get like super long times not super wide but just heavy mass yep. that's basically the best way to describe him well, that's awesome, man. That's that's a heck of a season so far, and you're not even over. I mean, you're leaving. You know, we're recording <laughs> this uh, t- on Thursday here. You're leaving tomorrow, Friday, throughout the weekend. To to are you only doing the weekend hunt in Missouri, or how long are you going to be um, there for? So we're going to do four days out there, um, looking at the weather. I mean, it looks like we're just timing it perfect. It's they're calling for like 48 today, or today it was 48. Tomorrow they're calling for high 40s too. And then Saturday it drops down and it just keeps dropping Saturday, Sunday and Monday. They're even calling for some snow. So I'm hoping that we can hit this perfect and catch some of these deer actually kind of transition over that late season food. Nice, man. Well, good luck to you guys. I, you know, and hopefully you get out there and, and have some more luck. I'm sure you will. And the, and the fact of how much luck you've had already. <laughs> I think I might've wore it all out because it's, it's been slow since. <laughs> oh man. But, uh, yeah, good luck out there. And, Oh, thank you know, you. I appreciate you coming on here and doing this. And before we get too far, you know, I, I you know, I explain to everybody where they can watch these hunts because these hunts are on on film. And you yep. know, explain where they can go and and watch these hunts and uh, enjoy it just as much as you did. So uh, yeah, you can head over to the Rise Hunt YouTube page. So it'd be the Rise underscore Hunt. Um, we also have Facebook, the Rise Hunt, our Instagram um, on there too. So, yeah, no, definitely both of them were on film. I believe it was segment two and segment four is the ones that they were in. Um, 
So yeah, Tyler did an awesome job with the videoing or video work on that or the editing work on the on those videos. Basically, made me look like I knew what I was doing on a rock star. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, well deal, you know. Good deal. Well, good luck this late season. Keep in touch, and if you get out there and 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 have some luck out there, maybe we'll have to get back on here and do it again. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, cool, man. Well, good okay. luck. Travel safe and uh, shoot straight, as they like to say here. <laughs> Hopefully, appreciate it, man. And there you have it, another great episode. I love when I can get Michigan guys on because we get to talk about the deer hunting that I grew up doing, and a lot of you listeners have also. You know, it's a pressured state, which everybody knows. And to go in there and have realistically four opportunities in the matter of two weeks, two, two and a half weeks, is pretty good here in Michigan. I mean, we we push for one opportunity, and, you know, you might not even get that opportunity in Michigan. I didn't this year, you know, with, with everything that I hunted. I didn't get to hunt a lot in Michigan, but I wasn't presented with that opportunity. Not yet, anyway. There's still some season left, so... I appreciate you guys listening. If you could go to iTunes or Apple Podcast, you know, one or the other, and leave a five-star rating and leave some feedback, that'd be greatly appreciated. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And we'll talk to you guys next week. I am natural.